0: Welcome back to another episode of 52 in 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today, we're finally talking about Black Panther, the newest Marvel superhero movie that I'm sure everyone has heard of, especially if you're listening to this podcast. Um, It's just going to be Josh and I today on the podcast. We had a couple people we wanted to bring in, but um, scheduling
1: conflicts.
0: Yeah, scheduling conflicts, really. um, Traveling Which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. um but we're both really excited to talk about this movie i think we've both seen it a couple times already and it's not even been out for a week so um yeah like where do you want to start man i mean ryan coogler directed it it's his third movie uh you and i were fortunate enough to see creed about what four weeks before it got a a a release a couple years back yeah and Um, and
1: i and i saw it like two more times in theaters and i'm sure we've both watched it since it's yeah small screen yeah i've seen it like
0: five or six times um and and it's you know we've i think i've mentioned ryan coogler offhand a couple times when we've done the podcast but it, uh in re- relative to other movies and we we're like oh i wish ryan coogler would have done this movie or whatever credo's like our so, credo's
1: like our eighth podcast and it feels like it's been forever well i guess it kind of has been forever yeah. but it's just he hasn't it, I almost would have felt like, oh, have we ever even talked about a Kugler movie? Because it's been so long since that one. <laughs> well, came Well, there's out. only three to talk about, but I mean, yeah, but it, well, true. But like, I just mean like, it feels like it's been forever. I almost would have thought like it's been so long, like it predates the podcast. The last time you sure. did, but it's like, oh yeah, we yeah. did have a, we did do a podcast about Creed, but like, it's it's nice to ha- um, have him back in our lives. So yeah, for
0: sure. So. Uh, like I don't know where to start. Like there's so many actors and actresses well, well, to talk about. Yeah, so was, much of the movie to talk about. So
1: I want to start a little big picture, like we kind of normally do with these things. And that, like, one thing that I think has sometimes been a common theme throughout the last couple of years of doing this is that there are often movies that maybe neither of them are like our top three of the year, but you're often a lot more negative on because you you, you do what you like to say, quote, buy into the hype. And sure. then it d- doesn't quite live up to that. And then you're kind of negative on it, even if you actually kind of like the movie. And, it, and, then we're, and, then, and then it's like, all right, so we, we, we spend a lot of time talking in circles about wh- how much you actually like it or something like that. So I was like, we were both very confident we were going to like this, but I think what makes it such a <laughs> unique movie-going experience is that fair to say you bought into the hype, but, like yeah. it, but it probably exceeded the hype, and, yeah. which I, I don't think we can say of that many movies since we've started doing this. Yeah, that's – you
0: know, it's funny. The first, so I see, I, I've seen the movie twice, and both times I saw it with more than one person. And the first question I asked them after the movie was over was, did it live up to the hype? Because the first time I went to I went to see it, Trevor, my roommate, didn't uh, come with me. He was there with me the second so time. The so he, he probably
1: saw well, the shit you were putting on Twitter about it after the well, first. The viewing. first thing he
0: asked me was, "So did it live up to the hype?" Because it, it's it goes without saying, the the hype for the movie was like. Probably the most, may, may, more maybe since Star Wars in the last like ten years, since like maybe Force Awakens, I would say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: of like just fan hype before the movie came out. I don't know if there's any other movie you would. Comp- it's hard to compare it to anything. Yeah, I, I, think.
1: I, I think that's fair. Yeah.
0: Um, and I mean, like you said, I was definitely hype about it. I think I said something like the Black Panther trailer was like your, <laughs> top your, five. Movie your movie. top five movie of
1: 2017.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so for me. I think it did live up to the hype and, and the hype is, is like, it's, it's so large that it's hard to, to even think that, but for me it did. And I, I really, really and liked then, it.
1: So the second time you saw it with Trevor then?
0: Yeah. I saw it with Trevor and Sammy who was down here uh, vacationing for a couple of days and they, they really liked it too. So what, what about you?
1: Did it up to the hype for you? Yeah. Well, I saw it by myself both times and because the first time – like I was going out of yeah. town last weekend. I was like, I just got to buy a Thursday ticket before they sell yeah. out, and I can't really wait around for people to make up their minds, and I, I thought it was great, and then I was like, all right, I want to go again because I knew when I got back into town, like I knew you had already seen it twice, and it was like I want to make sure that I've seen it too twice, and it's fresh in my mind when we do the pod, and I, I went to talk to my fr- one of my friends at work that hadn't seen it yet. He expressed interest, and I was like, hey, I'm going again tonight. He's like – well, like, how about Wednesday? And this <laughs> was this was Monday. I was like, uh, and I think this is before we'd even agreed to like do the podcast on Wednesday night. I was just like, but I think I'm, I, I either I either lied and said I we were, I was already doing my pod Wednesday or it was just like no I'm going tonight man I, I can't wait two more days so I was just like sorry bro like you, you can go and the thing, funny the thing is like we see movies by ourselves all the time but for like your average person there's like a stigma attached and they don't like going sure. alone so I'm telling this one friend who probably doesn't have like any other friends who haven't seen it and might not have any friends that are planning on going again like sorry bro you go by yourself because I don't want to wait two more days to see this movie again yeah. um, so I, I fair to say it, it lived up to the hype for me and I was excited to see it again and it, 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 it works even better pro- on a second viewing because i think um just the stuff that you learn about killmonger halfway through the movie like makes so much other stuff makes you see so much other stuff in a different light and make even more sense the the, in the first half of the movie that on your second viewing it just feels like a more complete experience and yeah it's rewarding when you it's really cool when when a movie rewards you on subsequent viewings like that
0: yeah it's kind of crazy because i feel like i liked it like a good amount better the second time that i watched it and i like it so much the first time that it's weird for me to feel that way. But I, I think part of it has to do with what you're saying is that you get a lot of the little things out of it the second time or third time, however many times you guys have seen it, that you, it's stuff you can think about retroactively as you're watching it. But it's just when you're sitting down and watching it, already having seen it, you, they're just things you can get out of it, right?
1: So, if, so just jumping into it, then, if I had to say, like, what's the, your first takeaway that like, if you, someone asks you like, what, what, what means the most to you about this movie? What makes it a top Marvel movie for you? Was there one thing that like jumped out to you that like, was the first thing was the first point you would have to make when you left,
0: man, that's hard. And I think,
1: well, cause there, a, I know it's hard because just... there's a lot to love, but we got to start somewhere, you know? Yeah. And it's
0: especially hard. And I think, I, I think I said this on the star Wars podcast, it's hard for a movie like this to talk about, especially like six days after, because, everyone's writing think pieces and everyone has a rotten. to everyone's read a review and there's so many rotten tomato opinions and you know the people that don't go to the theater have seen the movie and there's like a hundred more rotten it.
1: tomato opinions than i've seen for like any other movie i don't even know yeah. why that is but if you go to like most popular movies like that are big blockbusters there might be like over 200 reviews or something like that And there's like yeah over 300 for this like, but okay
0: so about. to answer your question i think the way the the movie Feels culturally, culturally significant today and the way you can – the way that the movie is lived in in 2018 rather than uh, – it, it's like there's allegories, there's metaphors for a ton of things that are going on today, but the movie itself – feels like it was shot today and the characters are from today and i think that's maybe the biggest thing that i would
1: say and what do you mean by that because i mean wakanda doesn't really feel anything like anywhere i've ever been so what do you what do you think specifically about these characters makes you feel like these are I, modern I, day I think characters?
0: The, the way they talk the way they interact um you know like the jokes felt very modern and very not, not like like there were, some of them was a little corny whatever that's just part of being a superhero movie but i just felt like the way the characters were are are people that I would be like, oh, I I know that kind of person today, you know? And I think that's sort of the way Kugler has always made his movies.
1: Somewhat related to that. It was kind of jarring the first time I saw, um, uh, Takala to, to, uh, and uh, uh, Shuri dap each other up. I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's kind of cool." You don't—I don't know if yeah. I really ever see anything like that, or I'm not expecting to see something like that. I'm like, "Oh, this is like that." That was like a small thing that felt a little more modern to me, and I, and I get that's like kind of a Wakanda salute at the same time, but it, yeah. it, it feels like it's a more detailed embrace than that when it's between yeah.
0: them. It, it just gives a sense of friendship and, and family values, and like you, you just. It, it's just the little details, and I think it's the little details that Kugler – you know, he's only made three movies, but it's the little details that he perfects and that he pays attention to that really give his movies life and make him stand out as a director and at think, thirty-one.
1: Yeah, and I think, and I, my my answer to your question might be a little more. To the, my answer to my own question that I asked you might be yeah. more on that allegorical stuff that you mentioned and the, sure. it, its cultural significance of what it's saying about today. But to go more off of what you're saying first. I think, what you're saying feels like it's today in that in that kind of thing, but also just that um, it feels like its own world that's way more yeah. uh, way more broader than what we see from the other Marvel movies. I feel like, in something like that, we both really really liked in Civil War or something or even something like. Guardians too, like does go. They travel to a couple different planets and stuff like that, and you mm-hmm. see more people. But maybe more specifically in the Earthbound stuff, like the Avenger movies and all that, like you're so insulated within those, w- w- just within sure. those groups of people that you don't like get a sense of an, a world the outside world of around them. them. Even yeah. as even as like those movies all culminate in like the people in those worlds just dying in their cities, getting blown up. Like sure. you don't actually ever really get to like feel stuff about that. And, and and that was maybe part of what was cool about Civil War is that like it, it prominent its villain was prominently one of those other people that was affected that you never see in those other movies sure. but that's yeah. just like fucking one person out of those yeah. millions that you affect it doesn't really give you much of a sense of the rest of that world whereas wakanda like feels so much more vast even though it's just like basically one it's just one country that they we spend a lot of time in and it it just feels like it's its own more vast expansive world than anything we've seen in the first 17 marvel movies
0: yeah so where I, I just I feel like there's so many things to talk about I don't know know where to start. Um, so one thing I have tabbed open I so all like all the famous people in the movie everyone knows about them. Everybody knows all the actors. Um,
1: Not all of them, though. That's part but of the. She, thing. Yeah, it will, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of well, yeah, we'll get to that.
0: But, but generally, you know, Chadwick, MBJ, Lupita, Martin Freeman, like there are people in there that we know. Yeah. Um. I, so I actually didn't know that Sterling K. Brown was going to be in the movie.
1: Oh, I, I, I. don't know I how
0: I missed that yeah. when I, you know, there's like so much going on, and I I try to dist- you know, like we've talked about, it. I try to like sort of distance myself from everything. Obviously, I watched the trailer, and the trailer was amazing. Whatever, whatever. Um but i didn't know sterling k brown was in it and especially on the second viewing like he has like such an amazing acting performance and he's not in the movie for that long but it just things like that that take this movie over the edge is his performance is so good and so important but on such a small scale but it, it like when i was watching it i was like really taken aback by the way he was acting in those scenes and how they're, they're like so important to the character for like multiple characters development.
1: Yeah, I think that stuff meant more to me on the second viewing too, maybe maybe for a more embarrassing reason and that I was a little confused. <laughs> Did you fall asleep? No, 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 no. no. But I I was kind of confused a little bit on my first viewing. With the
0: relationships?
1: Well, they do hide the ball in that a little bit, but I think it almost like took me a little longer to pick it up because I spent like a good few minutes trying to figure out like – the guy that plays Young T'Chaka looks a lot like Chadwick, which I guess is I don't yeah. know if you agree with that, but a little like, bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's good casting because like that's yeah. the guy's dad and it's a at, yeah. in 1992, he's close to the age that I guess Chadwick's supposed to be in present day, but I was like, yeah. wait, maybe I missed what they called him, T'Chaka, Chakala, they're kind of similar names. Is that just Chadwick and they don't age because he's drinking <laughs> all the Black Panther shit? Like I spent like a good chunk of the movie like getting a little confused about what was going on there because I'm like that guy looks so much like Takala, T- T- like who? So like I, I was maybe a little. Those scenes were a little disorienting for me. Like I figured it out. It wasn't like I was confused at the end and had to go Google it or something. But like yeah. I was like thinking about those kind of things. So I don't think I was as zoned in and uh, into what Sterling was doing as I should have been. So yeah, yeah I definitely am like way more. Uh, was way more moved by him even though like i already knew he's a great actor Uh, yeah i I don't watch this is us but everyone says he's like the one redeeming part of that show he's obviously great in the people versus oj how to yeah arc on insecure so like I, i i'm a fan of his but like it was cool to see him get to do it in like such a big movie and uh totally kill it in his limited screen time and uh be like a not in in that limited screen time he's he's doing it's some of there's some of the most important scenes in the movie to yeah give context to everything
0: and it's, so actually the guy that plays young t'chaka and the guy that plays old t'chaka in civil war and then in the like dream scenes in this in the elder scenes in this movie they're actually father and son
1: okay did you know that i did not know that so that
0: yeah so that's why those guys look similar but he he does really look like chadwick in um in the intro scenes when they're when they're doing young t'chaka
1: yeah um, like i said so that just threw me off a bit but like yeah you, you're, you're totally right to if, if you want to start somewhere that's not he's not a bad actor to the single out to start for sure because i mean uh especially if you didn't know he was going to be in there it's kind of cool to then have yeah I, mean, I kind of was expecting him to be in it but i thought maybe he was just going to be like kind of like a secondary wakandan like uh sure like daniel kaluuya was and yeah. um and then he's like actually like hugely important to everything
0: yeah um and so then, you know, he plays Michael B. Jordan's dad. If you guys are, don't know who Sterling K. Brown is, just to clarify, and Joe Boo. Um And so, I, I guess we can we can start talking about Michael B. Jordan from there. Killmonger, I, I, I guess,
1: or I guess even just talk about uh, this story. Um, that's yeah. where I want to go then before we even get to Killmonger because I think that that is the part of the, of the film that uh, this is still like. It's, it's it was a it was a mind fuck to me to be completely honest because <laughs> it's just so much, so much more ambitious than what I'm expecting when I go to a Marvel movie like we were I mean I, I don't
0: do you think some of that is superhero fatigue or what
1: not even fatigue but I want I don't even want to necessarily say fatigue because that implies I wasn't super stoked to see this movie sure. almost. it's just I think everything else about this movie was what had us excited to see it I mean one I want to give my hats off to the marketing folks of this movie mm-hmm. because. I, I I I never really I don't I, might, I maybe watched the second trailer a couple times but I mainly just kept rewatching that first trailer because it looked super cool had the run the jewels thing in it that kind of set the tone really nicely but it didn't it didn't give away like any of the plot and and even though I didn't watch that second one as much that didn't give away anything either and I think like a much worse um, operation would have tipped you off to something more about like killmonger's relationship which is like the Sure. or, or even just the fact that like what these what these people are fighting for so i, I was glad i knew nothing so i'm just, therefore i'm just expecting killmonger to be like a regular villain and have them just be they're trying to steal the vibranium just to take over the world but have it not be anything else to it than that and I'm sure if that was it, it still would have been a really fun movie and maybe one of our uh, top half of our Marvel movies, and we would have still been really happy and excited about Cougar's career. And, but like when he, when he got hired to do – who knows what the original intent was behind the movie? But when Cougar got hired, he wasn't originally going to write the script. Uh, he was just going to direct but then something came out a few months later it's like oh he's redoing the script and i'd be really yeah. curious to know like what it was before then and uh, cuz i'm sure he had a ton of leverage when they hired him because they lost out um Ava DuVernay was going to do it um, for whatever reason didn't end up happening and then it's like oh shit well we can't hire a white person to do this and what other like black directors are like qualified that we can entrust with this and it's like well there's Ryan Kugler and, and uh, not really anyone else. So he probably had him over a barrel and was like, "I get to do whatever the fuck I want." And he's like, "I'm gonna make a movie about something that's not just about Infinity Stones or whatever. It's, yeah. gonna, be, it's gonna be separate and it's gonna be its own thing." And I'm if if if, if I'm, I'm I might be reading too much into it, but um, whatever. However, they got to this story, bravo! Because one, it can stand yeah. on its own. Would yeah. agree with that. I mean, yeah, 100. Like the movie. I, I don't movie, know. Is Trevor a big Marvel fan? I, no. So yeah, and I'm sure he like totally got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It,
0: it definitely lives. It, it's a movie you don't need to see any other movies for, even Civil War, where Black Panther first comes into the the Marvel scene in the cinematic universe. And they reference um,
1: those events. There. Yeah, that's all you really that's all you really, yeah, need, and, to, all you really yeah. need to know.
0: Well, they give you a hit. They give you a context for when this movie's taking place, how soon after civil war and what parts of civil war are important to this specific story. Right. And, and, and I, I don't know exactly where you're going with this. And and I tweeted about this, but the fact that Kugler was able to both like write this, uh, isolated story, uh, ironically enough, isolated story, um, and both cater to like, Marvel fans, the the story that the universe is is going to with Infinity Wars and then, you know Disney and everyone that he has to answer to is like pretty crazy that it was so successful.
1: Right. And it because I, I think you put it well, because what makes it so it's going to tie in so well with everything else is that this whole there's this whole idea i mean there's so many themes and allegories like you early said earlier yeah. going on but it's about part of it is about like just them as a country as like an allegory in a way for um america but also yeah. other countries that are like have had to deal with whether or not they're going to be isolationist and yeah. not get involved in the affairs of the rest of the world and um it tells its own insular story about that but just because of what the ultimate decision they come to is it's like all right well fuck this is a game changer that you're gonna put wakanda on the board with all this other shit that's going on in the world now and yeah i didn't actually know i mean i maybe i just don't remember maybe they talked about it in civil war and i just hadn't rewatched it soon enough i like i knew i knew about i knew before this one about wakanda being like super technologically advanced but i uh-huh. didn't I, I didn't know the stuff about them like hiding that from the world uh, yeah because like that's they, like, like
0: the big yeah that i mean that's like the characteristic of
1: Wakanda, right so based. if you read the comics you know that but i don't know if you know that if you watch civil war because it's like he and his dad in civil war when they go to that meeting they're treated like pretty important figures so it's like if yeah. they're just like some third world country that is so poor and doesn't have their shit together like i didn't think they'd be like treating them as well as they did you know so that's yeah. why i went into this not just kind of assuming oh everyone knows wakanda is like really yeah technologically savvy and advanced on it so that that caught me off guard but just that they have to make that decision and a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the plot machinations get to the point where totally build up all the stuff with killmonger it all builds up to them making that decision which yeah. is very important to like how they're going to affect the rest of this phase of the marvel cinematic yeah. universe you know yeah. and that and and I, I, I that was a long way of talk i mean i feel like <laughs> i feel like those were good points we just made but that was my long way of talking about like you start this movie and it's like okay so sterling betrayed them and tried to help this white dude steal vibranium and like i said it's just going to be like a vibranium heist thing where people are trying to get it and it's like all right well i'm still excited to watch the rest of this movie but it obviously turns into something where it's like oh you actually get what this guy's doing and becomes this whole commentary on like helping the rest of the black people in the world that are not as fortunate and that's just such an interesting story to tell within this universe and i think Everything from that point forward is pretty. It's just brilliant storytelling.
0: Yeah, and and well, it even goes back to Age of Ultron because Claw is in Age of Ultron, and he supplies Ultron with all the vibranium in that movie. And Ultron breaks, cuts his arm off. That's like that happens in the film. And then Claw, Andy Serkis, goes away, whatever, whatever. And then he, you know, full circle comes back in this movie, um, you know, with a (laughs) a cut off arm, et cetera. Um, But.
1: I didn't even remember that, actually. I don't know. Yeah. I just haven't had a desire to go back and watch Ultron. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. It, it's just one of those things. Um, but th- the reason is, like, he's just, like, king of Wakanda, and people are like, all right, he's king. This is a country. And, you know, they're all, like, signing this peace treaty and everything. Um, I think that they're respected, uh, like, politically. But the thing is, like, and it goes to the to the mid credit scene. You know, the guy's like, well, what can a third-world country afford? farmers like you know have for science technology (laughs) for like stem research like what can you guys give us right and that's sort of the the thing uh but yeah the characteristic of wakanda is and and like you you've seen all 17 movies now 18 and you didn't necessarily know that right and i think that's why when the movie first started i was kind of scared because i didn't necessarily love them opening the movie with this is the history of wakanda kind of thing oh yeah i was like
1: what it, is this bullshit it sounds so corny but then like, yeah once you know like what's going on there after you've yeah. seen the whole movie the first time like <laughs> that's what i was talking about where it's like the first half of this movie works it's like oh yeah when i saw this the first time i was like what the fuck is this corny storytelling device <laughs> and then i see and then i'm like holy shit like they started off yeah. like telling us this sh- sh- like giving us a scene with killmonger in it and we don't even know it you know
0: yeah and that's the thing is like it's it's really important to the history uh, to give context of the country, right? Because you need to understand like the tradition and like w- how things went this way. And, and they really give you every detail that you need to know, but pretty, you don't know con- that pretty you need
1: concisely to too, pretty concisely too.
0: Sure. And, and the thing is you don't need to know that, you know, some of these things yet, but then it comes back later in the movie. And that's another thing that Kugler does is he, he gives you all the tools while you're watching it to sort of understand everything that's in the movie and it's it's just really well 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 written well told well acted um so yeah i don't know i mean i just i just don't really know where like how to pivot because i feel like every time i talk about something something else pops into my mind that i want to talk about
1: yeah i know it's it's tough but i think like we can just keep going from there because um at some point i think um uh, no, we 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 we've, we're twenty almost twenty five minutes in. We still haven't really talked about Killmonger, so I think that's where we should <laughs> yeah. go next. I mean, what okay. do you th- what are you thinking in the movie and like that introduction scene, knowing what we know then, and and like we don't know everything about him yet. So what yeah. do you th- what are you thinking about the character that during that museum scene, and and then we don't even, and then we don't even see him for a, a little while after that. You know, like yeah, what, what do you, was, what, do you do, what are your thoughts at that point?
0: So I didn't know why he. Uh, like I knew, Kill. I, I, I knew sort of where the story was going to go. Obviously, he's going to go to Wakanda, and you know, whatever, whatever. But I didn't know his expertise at the time, like how he knew that it was vibranium, and what role that was like playing in his like uh, his his thing of his ultimate goal of like ending back up at Wakanda and sort of like taking over and and, and being this really political figure. And it's really, it's it's a really cool scene uh, that he's in, and he's sort of like, you know, outsmarting this lady that is like an expert, right? And it, it's really cool. And then they, it's actually like a really cool like mini heist scene there too, where you know they mess up with the cameras. Andy Serkis has the joke about making the crime scene look like an amateur crime scene. <laughs> they have all these like small details that really make it work. Um, and, he, and then he takes the mask, and he's like, "No, nah, I just think this shit is cool, whatever." Yeah, no, I'm just, feeling I'm it. just really feeling it. <laughs> So yeah, and and the thing is like you and I, we love Michael B. Jordan, and we've talked about how he really hasn't been in that many projects in he the last he of years. No, he hasn't done anything since Creed. Yeah, he hasn't done anything since Creed, and we've really wanted to see him more. And so then you you get this scene, and he he's acting really well in it, and then sort of goes away. Well,
1: not only is and, he acting well, but even though we don't know like the sig- the larger significance of Killmonger at that point, yeah, I'm just excited to see him playing. And I, I, I'm trying to find the best way to say this because I think he's like an incredible actor in everything else he does, but he's clearly like going for it here in a way in yeah. which he hasn't done in his other stuff. Sure, sure. Like, yeah, and yeah, he and he's really talked about f- that in in a lot of interviews. Okay, I, well, I'd like to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have you send me some of that stuff because actually, like yeah. I said, I haven't read anything really about him in that regard yet. But yeah. It's like cool that I'm like, all right. Well, not only is he doing like the the weird uh, the weird hairstyle and stuff, but he's like <laughs> the upgrade. Yeah. He's playing a more sinister role and. I think we kind of knew that going in. We knew he was the villain, but we didn't exactly know how he was going to play it because you only see him say a few things in the trailers, and it's not that much. So it's like, all right, wow, this is like a different type of thing. And everything else, whether it be... I don't even want to go back as far as the wire because he's barely a teenager in that. Yeah. But like, if you just think about like Friday Night Lights or Creed yeah. or um, that awkward or, moment that, that, the, chronicle, yeah, yeah, yeah any of that stuff, he's playing like a he's he's playing versions of himself that are all very compelling. But here, it's like he's clearly like doing a character and doing it very very well. And I'm just like at that point in the movie, I'm like, all right, this is really cool. I don't really know yeah. much about this character yet, but like, I'm here for it. And so, just to see him get to play like the emotional depth that the character is later given once you figure out like who this guy is, it's becomes mm-hmm. so you come i mean, like I was already super pumped. but it's like, wow, this is like super rewarding to get to see him do this,
0: yeah, I was watching uh, uh Desus and Marrow last week when he was on it, okay, and he was there there were you know, they're asking him questions about the about playing Killmonger, being in Black Panther, et cetera, et cetera, and he makes the point to say that he doesn't think he's playing a villain and he'd like much more, rather people call it an antagonist rather than a villain. And well,
1: yeah, I want to talk about that at some point. But yeah, yeah.
0: And so it, it, it's interesting that you talk about that, and he goes out, like not out of his way, but he himself acknowledges that this character is like much more than just the villain there to to play off the to be the bad guy for the good guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And that he knows that, and that he's trying to act to give this character like uh an emotional depth and sort of a reason for the audience to see his side and root for him, I think that really adds to the performance and and really the storytelling too.
1: Right. And uh and I, I don't want to go I don't think I'm ever rooting for him, but it's still it's sure. like a like I said, it's like a I I I hinted at it earlier without elaborating on it that much, but it it really is kind of a mindfuck though, where you're like, <laughs> wait, so this dude that's been killing everyone the whole time, he might actually kind of be right, and it's like, well, it's
0: it's it's weird because I've seen people like on Twitter and Facebook like, wow, like Killmonger is 100 percent right, and it's like,
1: no, it's not that. He's clear not
0: he's not like right because he like wants to kill a ton of people.
1: Yeah, and I did read but... one thing where it's like his plan like. He has. He comes from the right place, but sure. not, not only is his, it's not, his plan isn't just simply that he wants to arm people and just kill the people, and he even at one point says, "I want to kill their children," and that yeah. kind of thing. Like, it's not just that, but it's that it's a policy that in real life has not actually served anyone all that well or like, yeah. like, like even like something that's like it's something george w bush did i'm gonna arm insurgents all around the world it, yeah. it doesn't actually work i mean he's right about what he's saying about how black people have been oppressed around the world but he, he's still not really going about it the right way yeah and if it, like if he was if he was just trying to take down wakanda but wasn't killing innocent people along the way and if, if he was like totally in the right then it's just it's not as good of a movie because then it's like well, this is weird because they want us to like, they want us to like T'Challa, but he's like, yeah. he's totally not the good. It would just be weird. Here, it's there's yeah. so much more gray area in which to operate that it's way more interesting. Yeah,
0: and and the thing is, and like he's right, quote unquote. But the thing is, like he's bringing light to conversations that Wakanda has sort of avoided over the, rug, the yeah. years, especially under T'Chaka and. You get like Chadwick. Chadwick's character really, like, he doesn't get as much to do maybe in this movie as you would expect as the the named superhero of the movie. He's sort of not. And I don't want to say in the background, but he's such a reserved superhero, he's, right? He's
1: like the least interesting person in the movie, which is well, fine. See, I, people keep saying, I'm not sure he's the least interesting. I think okay, just he's the. Not, way he's, that, not, he's like not in the top five, though.
0: <laughs> sure. Okay, that's fair. But like. It, he he's always been, like he's so smart, right? And he the thing the thing is with with Killmonger, he really identifies with sort of his point of view and sort of his uh, politics, right? But he doesn't necessarily like the how radical it is and like the whole like wanting to kill people and everything. And it's something he's been internally struggling with, especially since becoming king. Not that that was so long ago for it's him. Like, it was like kill. a week ago. <laughs> but he really. Agrees with him. That's the thing that's sort of pulling at his strings. Is like he wants to help people and he knows that he has the tools to do it. And he eventually, obviously, you know, defeats evil, whatever. And he also, whatever. And he also
1: but, has Nakia like telling him that even before well, he meets well, that's Killmonger. The,
0: that's the thing is between T'Challa and Nakia, she's like in the middle of. And probably the most right person out of everything like she's like we, we like she has the sort of the best ideas we can, uh, we
1: can go provide aid we don't have to yeah, kill everyone uh, of,
0: sure exactly of, of both wanting to like uh, being like so firm and uh i think we need to do this we need to provide aid this is how we can do it we have the technology and it'll help people blah 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 and that's sort of like an evolution of t'challa and killmonger right because they're both like on opposite sides and and Chadwick's character is not like fully sure that he can do it. And it, it goes back to the tradition of the country, right? And that's sort of why it's so interesting is because they have to sort of break tradition in order to like help people. And they've never done it. And it's been for so so long that it's such a drastic thing, even though it seems so small.
1: Right. And I guess he, and he does eventually come around. And besides yeah. that, and I mean, and, and what ultimately does that though is learning about what happened with everything that went down with his family. And yeah. I, I was one of the other things I was. I, I, there's this piece in, in the Atlantic today that got a lot of play um, called like the the tragedy of Eric Killmonger or something like that, where it talks about just. Oh, it's a whole piece about his character and what and what it means and the different theories about him and all that. And one of the points it makes is that it's um, it, the movie is more explicitly trying to say that uh, Killmonger is a product of. The military-industrial complex than he is of of the ghetto, given that, like, it it goes through all of his training and how he sees – how Killmonger sees the various ways in which the the problems need to get solved is shaped Mm -hmm. by, like, this whole military background that he has. Sure. And – I I think there's something to that, but I don't think that means that it's not at all. He's not at all shaped by. I'm using the the article's term, the ghetto. You can put it however you want, but I think that 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 is that right there is more what probably gets uh, T'Challa to see what 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 it needs to be done because he. But he, he's, he, he's more upset than anything. He's like I telling his dad in the ancestral plane, like, why'd you eat the kid? Yeah, why'd you, you were eat the kid? Why'd yeah. you eat – and that's what ultimately gets him to kind of go around is because while Killmonger might be taking some of these mon- – wouldn't be taking some of these monstrous actions that he's taking if not for the military, he doesn't even get to that point if he has um, way more support where he ends up getting stranded in Oakland.
0: Yeah, well, that's the tragedy of it is yeah. you, you totally – as an audience, you totally understand why he's so radicalized and why he has the views that he does and you can't blame him for feeling that way at all because of what he went through you know like seeing his father dead learning of all the secrets of his father and this secret country and knowing like these ultimate truths that nobody else knows right and he's just like carrying this burden of of that around with him because like he he, he's just feeling so much pain and like doesn't feel at home with wakanda or like the united states or like what he's doing he just sort of it feels like the character feels out of place no matter what he does and he's trying to like fill fi- fill that void and find like what is right to him
1: mm-hmm. yeah and in in the action that um that T'Challa ultimately takes is that is what kind of leads you to believe like all right well he's he now observes everything you just talked about he's he has a grasp of what allowed it what 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 made killmonger and he, here he is taking that yeah. first first step to do something about yeah. it you know yeah and for sure it's, it's it's a very um appropriate way to to end the movie but it's a it's, it's showing on a small scale just the first steps of the, what they're going to take and what we talked about earlier like how the, they're going to start actually like shaping the shaping the world that yeah we're going to spend a lot more time in between the next yeah. two infinity war movies well yeah
0: that. i mean infinity wars is like Probably like the number one reason I'm most excited about Infinity Awards, it's basically gonna be Black Panther one point five. You know?
1: One thing I'm also saying, we can talk about this the movie's critical reception and its awards chances and all that at the end, but it's like I saw someone say earlier on Twitter it might have been someone that tweeted at Chris Tapley, and then he retweeted it, and they were talking about how, like, people – at one point, people thought Wonder Woman had Oscar hype, and, and <laughs> yeah. and, and like, there were people, like, trying to – it into it and that stuff, and he's saying how, like, well, if you just look at some of the things that went into, like, Get Out getting nominated, like, a lot of those factors are even more true for Black Panther given the critical, whether it be critical reception or box office. But one of the things that some may argue hurt Wonder Woman is that just Justice League left such a shitty taste for DC and people. So it's like, there's some pressure on infinity war to like, be good, just so people. Yeah, are, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good, though. Yeah, just right. so people. I, like, mean, I, I, I'm confident because they haven't really let us down at all in recent years. It, the Russo it, brothers it's are so, doing Infinity War, right? right? It's, it's just so ambitious. Like the, I mean, like it's not, it's not an event. It's like on a whole other plane from the Avengers movies. You know, they're having, yeah. t- or even Civil War, which had all those characters. They're having to like it's just going to be such a tough juggling act and i don't i don't see it being bad but it's like it just can't be as long as it's not like a disappointment a it, sure it' because it, 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 it's it's not going to win any oscars but this one has a chance had chance to get a lot of oscar nominations potentially based on what people were saying so it's not only is it like interesting to see like like you said that's what you're most looking forward to about the movie is just how this stuff factors into it it's also yeah. like i'm just hoping that movie's good for, for, yeah. for black panther's sake
0: um sure i, I totally get what you're saying yeah. um so it's 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 funny you brought up Wonder Woman. I kind of wanted to talk about Wonder Woman, but what, I didn't really in, know. In, in what way? So like one of the things we talked about with Wonder Woman was like how – like Patty wrote it or Patty did the movie, right? And yeah. so you have finally have like a female director and this female superhero and we talked about uh, – and Hannah was on the podcast. We talked about how important that was for like diversity and for uh, representation and, and like that movie does a good job of it for sure and i don't mean to like be negative about it but this movie blows wonder woman out of the water with representation both in uh we want to call it african-american representation and then like oh, I- female representation too
1: oh yeah after, and, after like the first 20 minutes of the movie like wonder woman has two female characters the rest of the time <laughs> yeah
0: um and the, the thing with this is and everyone's you know hashtag black excellence black excellence everything about that and it's so true but the, the thing about wakanda that really speaks to obviously fictional plays, whatever, but the thing about it that speaks to people is like, it allows the, the black people to be anything. Right. And it's not just a positive thing. It's like uh, the black person can be the villain. The black person can be the, the king, the black person can be the, the black female can be the head of the Dora Milaje, like the, the warriors, like, despise everything and the fact that this country exists to represent like this person can be anything good or bad failure or success like that's sort of one of the it like obviously everyone's talking about it but that's the the root of it that is so cool to see you have this like 17 year old girl that's blowing stark tech out of the water (laughs) with fucking vibranium like i'm so excited for tony stark to shit himself when he sees like all the Wakandan tech that just yeah dude, you it, to, it's so much better than the Iron Man stuff
1: you need to, you, you need to you really need to watch Black Mirror I know I keep telling you that but like you know yeah she, she, she's the lead uh, the girl in the Black Shari. Museum
0: episode yeah 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 it,
1: like she she's it, and it's funny just because like that's also like a show that's largely about technology and then she's like the yeah. lead in one of the episodes and could, that's where Coolia kind of like had his big break and stuff and like they're both really good in that but I was just thinking about thinking about that but I I agree with you in that like I well the thing that I was just like most taken by it was like. It took a really strong stance, that, like the black women are like even like way better even than the black yeah. men. It's just like the, yeah. they're like they're like the badass warriors, and like Kaluuya's character is like kind of dumb. <laughs> um no, and, well, I don't think he was kind of dumb. Why was he dumb? I liked I actually liked
0: him a lot. I don't
1: know if he's dumb, but he's like he's like more easily swayed, I guess would be. But I mean, I, I guess mean, he's kind of informed by what happened yeah, with his family. Well, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's easily swayed. I think he he want like. You, they
0: have this scene where he's like, you know, I thought it'd be different when you were king, instead of your dad. He didn't do shit for 30 years, and that kind of annoyed and me
1: for a minute. It's like, all right, really, dude, like you're gonna just jump to a conclusion about him. But, but he's
0: not jumping to a conclusion though. Like they off screen, he knows who, who Michael B. Jordan is. He knows who Killmonger is. Like, because he asks him, the Kaluuya's care, uh, what's his name? Uh, Wakabi. He says, Who are you? And then the camera cuts off. But we know whenever the people in Wakanda say, Who are you? And they respond with their ancestral line, whatever. No, so I just feel sure
1: that- like at that point where he's like, Wow, your father <laughs> family me for 30 years and now you're doing like the same stuff. It's like, bro, he, I just, mean, like, he flew across the world and you have no idea. You actually have no idea what he's sure, he through. Sure. But when people are, when people are, you know yeah he's emotional i got it it was yeah just a, you know and there, there was like a point later in the movie where i where i where i more kind of got it and like, i almost kind of got it where where when uh killmonger and t'challa have their fight um for, mm-hmm. the, for the throne and it's like killmonger's just like going ape shit and like yeah. just like going all like warhawk and talking about how they're just gonna take over the world i almost mm-hmm. saw it more then i was like all right this is just kind of like Kuluya probably has thought for a while, like, we need to have, like, a different philosophy. Yeah. This, this guy's kinda, yeah. When, they're, this when guy's, they're in the throne this room. He's speaking to him in that moment. Are you talking about, like, when they are in the throne room? No, I or- just feel like right after he, like, won, and he's like, he, and, um, Right after no, I was talking more about like when they when he actually won the won the fight, whatever they call the fight yeah. where the throne is, and like he's like yelling stuff after that. Coolio was actually kind of getting into it there, and I was like, all right, yeah, hey, I kind of see he wants he's just going he just wants a different vibe now.
0: Well, well, so that's actually one of the one of the two like little little things that I noticed that I haven't really seen people talk about. Um, so the first part of that is right after the the fight scene where um, they have the the you know the challenge for the throne and uh, Killmonger wins. Then they cut right after that. They cut to um, his first time entering the throne room as king, and uh, the way they shoot it is the the camera's upside down.
1: Yeah, yeah, they yeah. They shoot
0: it upside down, and it's obviously you know it's small, but it's like there's a metaphor for the like everything these people know has been flipped, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that's that goes to exactly what you're talking about because in that scene is when uh Killmonger's talking about like. We need to do this. We need to fight. It's going to be the Conqueror or the Arm Conquerors. The war dogs and, yeah. and you know, and Okoye, Denai, Korea is like, well, you know, we've never done that as a country. And this is why we've been successful. And then that's when Kaluuya jumps in. Wakabi jumps in and he's like, well, you know, that's how we used to do it. But the world is changing. Da, 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 da. And that goes to exactly what you're talking about with his character. So I just I, th- I thought that was really cool that they that they it's just a small thing. But when they, they flipped the camera and they did that, I thought it was really cool. So,
1: yeah, and I, I, I guess the other interesting thing is just people's reactions to him after he does take the throne. In that, um, like I said, I eventually came around on what on what Wakabi was doing, but um, I thought the stuff that Okoye what, what 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 is her group called that she leads?
0: The Dora Milaje. The,
1: the Dora Milaje, yeah. yeah. Well, like how they're 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 loyal to the throne, but it doesn't yeah. feel like it's in a way that's stupid. You know what I sure. mean? They're, they're not like they're not like blindly following like a sure. ira- like even though if he, yeah. even if Killmonger is a little crazy, they're not like blindly doing something that's really stupid. It, it feels like they're being true to themselves, and they, they haven't seen him. I mean, they haven't really seen the stuff he's done before, where he's like killed the innocent people and stuff like that. Yeah. They, they just see him him win within the confines yeah. of their royal traditions sure. yeah. and stuff like that so it's it makes sense that they're doing what they're doing they're like well this guy might be more radical but like this is our duty and he hasn't mm-hmm. actually given us any reason to doubt that he is doing anything that's like morally completely reprehensible yeah you know and and, and we have this scene
0: with nakia and okoye where yeah, they, you see they their have differences. that conversation yeah, yeah. that we're talking about yeah um and i think that's important to give context to that and that's why you feel that way and that's why i feel that way because Kugler takes the time for them to have that conversation and that's i think i tweeted like i almost cried three times throughout the movie that was one of the times i almost cried because lupita's acting in that scene is like next level and she's like finally like coming to all these realizations to her character and she's trying to like not lose everything um and it's really cool And, and the other thing is like the okoye is known as they, they reference her as the, the greatest warrior in wakanda right so like she's not some person that's just like defending the king that can't like she, and and we have the fight scenes with her where she's whooping everyone's ass like she's a badass and it shows and like she's not going to take shit from from somebody that whatever but she understands that her loyalty is to the throne not to t'challa despite how much she respects him
1: right yeah and i'm, I'm happy for uh denai guria i yeah I'd never really actually seen her do anything besides uh, Walking Dead, and I gave up on that show when it, <laughs> too, way too long after it had become trash. But yeah. I, I always enjoyed uh, her on it, so yeah. it's cool that she's yeah. getting to do something that's. She plays Tupac's mom talents.
0: in uh, All Eyes on Me as well.
1: Right, again, she finally has something worthy of her talents. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, what, what did you think of the Jabari tribe?
0: Yeah. Man, dude, fucking awesome, <laughs> honestly. Like, Winston Duke is so good as M'Baku, and it's crazy. I just read – I didn't know this, and I don't know if like people are just not talking about it, and I literally just read this at like 2 a.m. last night. This is the first time he's ever been – this is the first time he's ever acted in anything.
1: I was going to ask you if I would seen him in anything before.
0: Literally first time anything he's ever done
1: well, uh, is this in, movie. In, in movies. Uh, he's done a couple – I guess a few TV spots. They, like he's been in tv shows seven episodes of person of interest an episode of law and order svu mm-hmm. and three episodes of modern family so mm-hmm. a few, like yeah. first ever movie but he's literally done like yeah. his whole career before that had been like 11 episodes guest starring yeah. on various television yeah but
0: yeah guest starring whatever um so, so i think it's crazy that like he got a he got this role and b like there's been such a craze by people on Twitter and like fans of love like him and and all this other stuff, but um, it was such a cool like because because the the intro of the movie they show like you know the five hands coming together for the uh, Wakanda and then like these people live in the forest because they didn't agree with our stances. And, and, and it's so cool to – they actually like give them depth. Right. They're I, not even in the movie that right. much. Well, but then,
1: like, I, I I wasn't even thinking about them after he loses his challenge to yeah. T'Challa. I was like, all right, well, I guess we're not going to see them anymore. Yeah. So then um, when they run into them, I was just like, oh, wow, this is really cool. They're actually going to be able to make this work and give, yeah. the, give give these people like a full well-rounded arc that makes them way more um, – gives them way more depth than I would yeah. even expect. Well,
0: and, and it's even more to that. Like uh, So – the thing that uh, – I was listening to a Chadwick when he was on Jesus and Meryl last week too. Um, they were asking me about the, the accent training and it's – like it, it all fell on Chadwick because he was going to be in Civil War before this movie was even like a thing, right? They hadn't really written this movie by the time Civil War came out. And he had to decide like what T'Challa's accent would be and like how that would be influencing um, – the Wakanda and, 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 and everything. And Chadwick, you know, decided basically Wakanda has never been conquered. They've never been colonized. Um, there's no reason for him to basically like have a European accent or British accent or American accent. yeah So he basically decided to go with a South African, um, kind of accent, uh, for his people. And then the Jabari tribe actually is more like of a Nigerian thing. And it's interesting to see the contrast of like, how the Jabari tribe are versus the other Wakandans and sort of like the struggle for T'Challa being like we and the Jabari tribe not really feeling like they're part of we and Wakanda and like their – that their interests are looking out for. Um And, and it – like you just get so much history in such small times with them because M'Baku talks about how T'Challa is the first king in like however long to visit – to even go to where the Jabari stay – and yeah, you get this and, real sense of, of pride and, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it, I, I really like them. But, but,
1: but at the same time, just the decision <laughs> right. to, like, show them that T'Challa was still alive after, like, yeah. I mean, just that alone, like, where he's like, come yeah. with me, here he is. When yeah. Right after Lupita offers him the, what's it called? Heart-shaped herb. Yeah, heart-shaped, yeah. Right after she offers him that, I mean, you saw him, like, lose a challenge and that he obviously wouldn't have been happy about losing earlier in the movie and just his decision in that moment when she offers that to him to then be like all right well here he is this shows a lot about like they're not they're not simply some goons that live out in the forest that don't have any sense of the greater good and it's kind of cool that it doesn't feel like they took shortcuts to get there either even though we hadn't seen very much of him until that point and
0: we and we have it's really important when he's fighting t'challa and t'challa has him in like the neck lock and he's like yield your people need you it's not worth dying today over this and
1: and, and then he doesn't yeah
0: yeah and and he's a sensible guy and you get that throughout the movie and one so the other the second small thing that i noticed uh that i want to talk about was when they do the um so after t'challa kills killmonger and they have the whole um basically they're back in the throne room at the end of the movie the last time he enters the throne room uh t'challa in this film uh J- uh mbaku is actually in the throne room as part of like the royal uh parliament whatever you want to call it. like all the people that he respects oh, mbaku is sitting there in that scene when he hadn't been there the whole movie and i'm pretty sure um he was sitting in wakabi's seat and wakabi's not there anymore um so and that's really interesting like little details that people don't care about but like it shows like it's just part of the character development yeah i don't, I don't even i don't yeah i think right. i
1: think i might have even missed that i mean or, I, or maybe i remembered seeing him but i wasn't it didn't the significance of yeah. that maybe didn't even click to me yeah. at the moment but, but like yeah, it's it just sense.
0: things like that that elevate the story above like oh it's just a, a superhero movie right mm. um so it's, it it's hard um what did you think of uh, of our our favorite yeah. actor Forrest Whitaker? <laughs> <sighs>
1: I I'd, I'd still like it, it, it didn't lessen the effectiveness of the movie for me, but I don't understand why that couldn't have just been like an anonymous guy, because uh, and it just like finds to cast some other unknown black actor to give him that chance. Because I'm just like, wow, this is Forrest Whitaker wearing a bunch of crazy shit like he did in Rogue One. Like I, I that's kind of what I thought about it, but it, like didn't really hurt the movie. But I'm just like. I don't really need him to be here. That was kind of my thought.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think he was good, but I don't think he hurt the movie yeah. necessarily. Yeah, um, a lot of people are making fun of the way he says "black panther" on Twitter, and it's it's fucking hilarious because um, he says we, like "black panther," Oh, and, and it's like it, it, it's funny. But um, oh, okay. yeah, he wasn't very good, but he really <laughs> didn't. The thing is, his character his character is good though, right? And his character is like carry this burden of lying or like carrying this secret that only him and the king know for like 30 years right Mm -hmm. and he sort of like it 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 just really affects who he is and like how he goes about things and then he tries to sacrifice himself obviously and doesn't really work but i don't know he he was a good character i just don't think the performance was that good relative to how amazing basically everyone else's performance is too it didn't really help yeah. to have that as like a baseline.
1: But. Yeah, I'm going to watch th- I never I've still never seen the the Last King of Scotland. I'm going to fix it. He's that. really good in it. Gonna really fi- good. I'm going to fix that in next couple of weeks just so I like have something good to think about him in cuz yeah. n- like n- whenever I now I like, go to think about him in other movies I'm like I can't think of whatever I've like ever truly thought he that wow that awesome Forest Whitaker performance <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. He's re- he's really good in it though. Okay. Cool. Um, it's
0: just that. the last couple of years I'm trying to think like uh, Arrival not good. Rogue one not good um South dope Ball. wasn't he in dope yeah no, South he, no,
1: he, he produced dope and he was the narrator so yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. he's the narrator um
1: uh, yeah and then bef- i mean he, he had an arc on the shield and i which i re- that where he was the bad guy which is a, i don't think you've watched the shield but he was like the he was like you know it wasn't even the bad guy he was the cop but he was like yeah. the cop that was like trying to stop the bad guys within the, the police department and he just i i didn't really like him in that like anthony anderson had like a whole season arc too in that show I mean, he was so much better um but yeah, I don't know. I I just can't think of things off the top of my head where it's like, yeah, go for us, Whitaker. You're great. I like having <laughs> you show up in movies. Um yeah. Who else? Who else? Um, I mean, Letitia
0: Wright was amazing as Shuri. Angela Bassett was really good as. Uh,
1: didn't have She didn't have a ton to do, but not everyone can have a ton to do. It's a big cast. Yeah. Um, did Did Martin Freeman need to be in this movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think he was good. Did you not think he was good? No, it was good. I'm just like wondering, like, I mean, did it feel like I mean, all right, we just need to make sure we have a white guy people can root on to if um,
0: Well that's not what to me, that's not what it is. To me, his character is what white people treat the black characters in the all white movies. That's sort of why he's there. He's just there to be in the background and crack some jokes and not wait, really wait, have what
1: black people what white people normally treat the black people as is what you're saying? Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah like like in, in you know, in in this kind of like, oh we hey, we're, we need to class a, cast a black person in a movie. And, like, they're just there on the side and they crack jokes and they're not really important to the story. Da, da, da. Yeah,
1: I, I li- yeah, I like thinking about it that way.
0: Yeah, that's – to me, that's his role and that's why he, like, keeps getting cut off and, like, they don't let him, you know, witness this, <laughs> this like, traditional stuff and they have him turn around and um, Buka, uh, Mbaku makes a joke about you know, feeding so. into his kids and stuff. Like, to me, that's sort of why – like, there, it's no, it's not subtle at all. What Coogler is trying he, to say should about he have,
1: should, should he have died, like, or would that have been, like taken away from Killmonger's death and stuff?
0: There, um, there, no, like, he, he's he's not going to die because he's pretty. He's like Agent Colson basically yeah, they, for the next chapter of Avengers. Yeah,
1: they can move him around. Everywhere. Well, that's
0: that's how he is in the comics, though. That's sort of like his arc is is like that. So um, he's going to be around and um
1: but i think they used him well
0: uh honestly yeah. to and me well, i mean
1: what i was getting at was like that last sequence where he's obviously having a uh, playing a big part shooting stuff down yeah. what what did you think of that whole entire sequence because in in these movies we talk a lot about how a lot of them yeah. falter in that last scene and yeah. um in, in those last sequence whether they become too cgi filled or it's just not that interesting and i and I, I don't think that was the case here i'm curious to just though first get your thoughts on that whole big fight sequence
0: yeah um i thought it was i thought it was fine i thought it was good um I the 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 worst part about the movie is it's kind of a stupid plan to just be like we're going to fly these weapons out and I need to shoot these weapons down before they leave Wakanda like that's kind of like well, I mean, if, I mean, whatever
1: I, I mean stupid isn't that like not really well thought out because it would have worked if he had actually killed T'Challa like he assumed he had when he stabbed him yeah yeah, yeah. it's him. just like it
0: not it just feels like everything is so precise and grandiose and like and smart and this is just like like they don't even—they just like make weapons and like we're just gonna give them to oppress people and it's like, eh. I could I could have had a little more on that like because you need sort of if he doesn't shoot the planes down then like what happens right? Like I didn't feel like oh my god like he can't let these planes leave Wakanda. You know what I mean?
1: Right.
0: Like yeah. It,
1: it, yeah. So no, I got that, that. I, that's sort I, of where. But I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't really worried. Yeah. That wasn't something that came into my head during that scene. My my thoughts being are more that like not even visually was like did it work any better than anything else because like the coolest visual parts of this movie are just like looking at Wakanda. It has nothing to do yeah, with the hundred percent. Has has nothing to do with the fights. And I think what just makes that work so much better is just the is just that we actually um give a shit about these characters and that the aims of well whether or not that's a good plan the 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 goal is like in this the story itself is like so much more interesting and this is one of the one, one of the few articles i actually have gotten to read about this movie and since i've been so busy the last few days was i think what uh maureen ryan wrote in variety about just how just think of the other 17 marvel movies uh how, yeah. how many of them they all have their own scenes at the end varying degrees of successful how many – like you can probably count on one hand how many of them where you can actually think of what the bad guy's motivations are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually it's just like – Very few. One, usually it's just, yeah, I want to take – I want I just want to destroy everything or I want to take shit yeah. over. And we talked about last year on Guardians 2 that part of why that might have been my favorite Marvel movie to date was – I mean was – one of the big reasons is that like it just – that last scene, that last battle scene there, visually it's really cool. Goes on for fucking ever, but doesn't actually, like, lose steam like a lot of these do. Yeah. And part of that was because really just, like, the the messed up, like, even though if ultimately, like, the guy, like, um, Ego's goal in that is to just, like, I want to repopulate the world with a bunch of things that that have me in them. It's still just Mm -hmm. wanting to take over the world, but it's just such a weird um plan that he personally has and i'm like this is kind of interesting but here it's like even so much more interesting than that given like killmonger wanting to um, use what use the weapons that they have to actually serve what is in his mind the greater good and there is some truth in that so you care about that aspect of it but also there's like so many great character moments throughout it you know Mm -hmm. whether it be um whether it be like um um Uh, Okoye Okoye, with the rhino. Well, not well. Yes, yes, that that being one small one. Even before that, well, well, yes, that's cool because it just like that just tells you like so much about her with a lick. It's cool. It's Like we we've seen her being total badass, but it's like just the fact that the rhino has that relationship with her. Yeah. That's super cool. But also that she makes that calculation as soon as she sees T'Challa. Like, Mm -hmm. it only goes to furthering what I was talking about earlier with like them just being very pragmatic and loyal to their code and mm-hmm. their rules and it's like well you didn't kill him, so we gotta we can't just like blindly follow you now we gotta figure this shit yeah. out and when Killmonger's yeah. like no she's like alright well fuck you then you know it's like <laughs> it, that tells you so much about her in a very quick amount of time
0: yeah um, well it goes back to something we talked about on homecoming on the Spider-Man Homecoming podcast because that movie is so good and successful because it the scope of it is so much smaller than the rest of the Marvel movies and this movie has that in it too where it's n- it's not about the end of the world doomsday bullshit. It's just like we're telling an, an insulated story um, and this is what it's about and you can feel that at all times and um, I remember everyone was in an uproar about like I think the first bad review or negative review on Rotten Tomatoes was like Black Panther doesn't punch enough people in this movie. And it's like, all right, whatever, that's a stupid reason to give it a thumbs down. But at the same time, there really isn't that much action in this movie, but it also – that's sort of what elevates it is the – you're getting the emotional depth. You're getting the story, and it's not just like CGI action scenes to to, to be a popcorn flick. Yeah,
1: the other interesting thing about Spider-Man is that it ha- it's another – it's one of those few where – Villains. The, the villain is better, yeah. So that one, I mean it's another one that comes from the uh, – it it stems well it stems a little bit from the mass destruction of other movies yep. where mm-hmm. he gets well more like his powers come from getting some of the scraps from the mm-hmm. the the weapons and stuff like that but i mean mm-hmm. at the same time like he was wasn't he also kind of mad that like I, i'm trying to remember i'm, I'm now well, I'm pretty, he was
0: like the people like, are getting paid to the people that fucked it up are getting paid to clean it up basically like the rich right, get like, richer kind right. of thing wasn't there like less well,
1: work for him and his yeah construction uh-huh. people because yeah, yeah. the rich were getting yeah con- contracts yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. it was an interesting like origin story for that villain who's just yeah. like a normal guy and it makes him stand out amongst other marvel villains and so you're yeah. therefore understanding more of where he's coming from and it just makes the end of that movie like matter more
0: yeah, and I, so like the antagon – I don't know how many movies have come out since Civil War, but Civil War, Homecoming, and now Black Panther have three of probably the best, three or four villains slash antagonists in the in, in the Marvel universe. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange came out in Guardians 2 I think.
1: Yeah, but with the, the Doctor Strange film—I don't even, what the fuck. You know, I can't even <laughs> tell you. I can't tell yeah. you anything about that now. Yeah, um, we, 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 and we, it, we, like we, we
0: just saw it like a year ago. Yeah,
1: we loved. Um, we 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 loved Ragnarok, and Cate Blanchett yeah. was giving a fun performance, but just not yeah. not, not as much. To, it was still a little to, end of the worldy. Yeah, that that and just like maybe not as much to her story as like. She sure. was their long lost sister that just wants to come yeah. back and fuck things shit up. Take you know, over, like yeah. not not as much to her as as yeah. gra- as great as that movie is. You know, it just it, it's it, that's just not one area where yeah. it's, it's, it's not really hard. about the uh,
0: antagonist. It's more about as it's much, more about uh, ha- yeah.
1: hanging out and having fun with the other. people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but
0: Vulture, Zemo, and and Killmonger are definitely three of the strongest, which is a good trend, hopefully for Infinity right, Wars. Right, because uh, because
1: prior to that. It was just loki as like the one yeah. like worthwhile villain in in, in most yeah. of this and i and, and even i think they've lost him a little because they've they've yeah. like, he, he does so much <laughs> of, he, he's does, he, he well yeah i didn't even mean to make that kind of joke but like they they, they he did so much terrible shit in avengers and it kind of just wants you to yeah. be charmed by him sometimes and kind yeah. of forget about that and it's like you it's hard to take this character like as seriously if if you ever want me to take him seriously as a villain again because yeah. you've taken so many incarnations of him so whatever like like, at at the time like he was great you know when they first brought him on but like they did just had so much trouble with the bad guys since then and so yay for hopefully uh figuring that out like i wouldn't expect any of them to be like as great of characters as killmonger like it's an unrealistic expectation but they've at least set some kind of baseline going forward yeah
0: um just random, random things that are popping into my head about the movie. I just came to this conclusion last night, and I didn't. And my, I, I said this to my buddy, and he was like, "Yeah, I knew that." Now I feel stupid, but um, when they bring uh Martin Freeman to the to the lab after he gets shot in uh, South Korea or whatever, and Letitia Shuri says, uh, "Oh, look, another broken white boy for us to fix." I didn't really understand the origin of it, but they're talking – she's talking about Bucky. Well, I completely understood
1: that, and then I was like – I just wasn't – I was so lost in the moment that I wasn't thinking about Bucky. So I completely thought about that thing at the end of Civil War, and then – and I was thinking about up until that time. Like I was trying to think (laughs) in my – well, I was thinking in my head about the timeline, and I was like, wait, like – we I, I remember seeing that at the end of Civil War like why aren't like we were in their lab we saw we saw at the end of Civil War we saw them like putting them in under in the mm-hmm. they looked like they were freezing cryogenically yeah. freezing or whatever yeah. in that lab I'm like shouldn't like he like wear those cryogenic freezers why are they not even talking about that like <laughs> yeah. and then I heard her make that joke and then I just totally forgot about him until the post credit scene it's like yeah. I guess they just put him out of sight out of mind while all that other crazy shit was going yeah. on well the they well
0: they're well they were trying to heal him right they were trying to get yeah. his mind control out of his brain which it seems like they're successful um. And so they have this whole thing with, like, White Wolf at the end of the movie, and it's it, it, it's a long history in the comics. They have, like, basically Bucky's going to be, like, their hunter for their little spy army and shit. Like, that's sort of the implication of it. Um, so it'll be really cool to see him sort of get this vibranium tech and get going and, and back with Cap in, yeah. uh, in Infinity Wars. Uh, another
1: so. uh, question for you about the movie is um, I always defer to you on all things music. I don't yes. know if you've had a chance Best, to yes. – Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the um the the Kendrick soundtrack for this and I I'm not always You don't know a, if I've had the chance to listen to it. Well, whatever. You I, don't think I've listened to it? Come on. I'm sure I'm sure you have. But like I yeah. I'm, I'm always a little unclear exactly how what it means to have a movie soundtrack where it's like it includes like your like you most movies will have like a post credit song. You might sure. hear another song throughout. And I, I, I wasn't sure what to expect with this, and it's like, are we going to be hearing like a few of these scenes like totally scored to a, like a Kendrick Lamar song or something yeah. like that? And I, it wasn't that, and I'm not saying that's yeah. necessarily a bad thing because maybe it's distracting almost too much to then have sure. something like that going on. But there are a few points where I guess where you hear a certain – distinct beat drop as you enter Uh, a scene and i guess that might be from some of those songs is that the best way in which did i miss anything or is that just the way they chose to utilize it is there a different way you would have gone about it knowing what you do know having listened to this soundtrack
0: so i actually was expecting more Mm -hmm. i thought i would hear i thought the music would be more prevalent in the movie and i think the score is more prevalent than the actual soundtrack Mm -hmm. um But i I think it works out for the best because lyrically a lot of the songs are inspired and written for characters or for the movie and so maybe having them in there not that people are necessarily listening to the lyrics 100 of 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 the music being played but a lot of the lyrics are sort of spoilery and give some stuff away for the for the movie so maybe that's why um but it's just it's just another thing of like derivative content right like people are gonna now watch the movie then they're going to listen to the soundtrack and they're going to be thinking of, and they're always going to associate that stuff a with Black Panther and then uh, b with like Kendrick and whoever else is on whatever songs and um, I don't know, but the, the soundtrack is really really good and uh, I think it just it's just derivative content that adds to the sort of uh, aura of Black Panther.
1: All right. Only other point I want to make um, before I before we finish up, maybe talking about a couple of non-specific movie things or sure. things about the movie plot. Um, you picked it up on it. I didn't. Little kid at the end is little Chiron from Moonlight. Nice, mm-hmm, that's a cool mm-hmm. little touch, homage, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, good, cool for Ryan Coogler yeah. by doing that. Did you have any other – did you have anything else you wanted to kind of finish up on? I want uh, – guys, two things I want to talk about were our, our more Cougar uh, big-picture question thing about sure. him and uh, awards. Uh, was there anything yeah. else though about well, the movie? Th- yeah.
0: I, I mean it's been talked about, but the last – two of the last like four lines oh, for fuck, MB- yeah. MB- I mean, MBJ do are like – Yeah. You know, obviously neither of us is, is African-American or like that young, what whatever. What are you talking about, but... dude? I'm so <laughs> <laughs> Um, You know – Killmonger says, you know, he's having this intimate moment with T'Challa and he says, like, you know, can you imagine like a kid a little kid from Oakland like having this fantasy about visiting this like this fantasy this about visiting Wakanda, like can you believe that? And it's like it it's such it's such like a a line of like for for these kids to have like it's okay to dream and it's okay to believe that because like, you never know, like, what could happen. And then, obviously, the last line where he says, just,
1: oh, you know,
0: where, where, where he's talking about, you know, I, my my ancestors knew it was better to die than to live in chains. and Just up. Just,
1: just bury me in the so, ocean with my ancestors that jumped from yeah. the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Yeah. Which is a pretty um, fucking incredible line to, yeah. uh, to have a character go out on. And people – I've seen some people saying, like, oh, man, I can't believe they killed him off. He was such a great character. No, fuck that. That is a – amazing way for a character to go out yeah and 100%. i don't want michael b jordan being like sucked into the marvel cinematic universe for the next 10 years he needs to be like going and winning oscars and doing other cool shit and it's so much more cooler to just like have this be like an amazing one-off character you know what i mean
0: yeah and and it, and it speaks to Ch- to charles character too because like they could they could have saved him with their technology and oh, charles yeah. like T'Challa is like listen bro like we can save you we can work this out bro. but they would have bro. had to put him in jail and, 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 and he doesn't and he fight sort of, him on that he's sort of doing him a solid of like I understand like yeah this is what you want you want death you want to be free of all this pain and everything and like he respects that and I think that's it's a great character moment for Killmonger but it's also a really good moment for T'Challa that sort of gets overlooked um and I think that the the bondage line is great, but the other line I think is going to resonate more with sort of like the younger kids. Um, and it really speak. It, it really goes with the with the last scene when when he brings a spaceship down. They're doing the whole I bought this building. I bought this building. Da da da. So I don't know. Uh, that's really all I, all I have to say. We didn't really talk. We didn't talk enough about Lupita or Leticia Wright, but. Um, they're both amazing. Both their characters are amazing. Yeah, I was. I was we'll, I we'll talk to about them more. Yeah. Well, like, no, I,
1: I thought someone. I saw someone else joke about it, where it was like, because I really don't think like Opita's great, but she doesn't. She could have had so much more to do at the same time. And I think like someone like I don't. They're going to start making more movies with female leads. Uh, I think uh, Black Widow finally going to get her own movie soon uh um, yeah and you got captain marvel coming out next year and not that it, it, she might be too tertiary of a character in the comics to do it but like i would totally watch like a spy spin off series of her yeah 100 you know, doing,
0: doing spy. 100 and like going back to representation what i talked about earlier one of the problems with something like wonder woman is like we as an audience have to put so much like burden on her to represent everyone whereas in this movie we have such diversity among the the women to whereas like they all someone will be able to see themselves in one of these characters and at the end of the day like that's what it's about. And so the fact just going back to what I said anyone in Wakanda can be anybody and that's sort of it, it but it's such a metaphor for like today and diversity and representation. so I'm glad that Denai and Letitia and Angela and Lupita and all these people had. Had these roles because um, they, they were dope and I, I know we didn't talk enough about her and like you said like she could have been s- like so much more heavily involved in the, but in the, the plot but the, of the But the, movie. like I said
1: earlier, the fact that you like have a good sense of who that person is even though that is the yeah. case where they, she have so much more to do this shows yeah. how good of a performance it is.
0: And, and I, I tweeted about it. I think I counted 12 characters that have depth in this movie that you – like you said you know who they are and there's enough in the movie for you to be able to explain them and like how they feel about things and their motivations and whatever even if they don't have like a huge part. And I think like that's amazing. I'm not sure we could count other movies that we've seen that even have 12 characters that have like speaking lines or like – you know? Yeah. So so the fact that Kugler was able to do that is amazing and I, probably a good segue to –
1: Talking about Coogler, yeah, Coogler um, uh, outside of the film. Yeah, because you threw out something on Twitter about how, like, you don't know if anyone's ever had that good of a start to their career. And yeah, then, first I, three And then I sent you the thing where, like, Sean Fennessey from The Ringer, like, put the certain uh, parameters on that question, where it's like, if you just, yeah. if you look at, like, the, um, in terms of achievement, scale, and acclaim, has anyone gone three for three in that same way? And it was something I wanted to think about a little bit, because, I mean, obviously, like, we think he's great, but if you just want to, like, put him up against someone else, like... How does that even does it does it compare to anyone? Yeah. I mean, did you think I don't know? Did you I mean, yeah. You, did you just come to the conclusion no, or did you think of someone else that you wanted to at least throw out there in the same neighborhood as him?
0: Honestly, I came to the conclusion of no, and I'm you know I'm reading the names. I don't know, like, I don't know that all of their first three movies off the top of my head. I looked it up, and I was just like, nah, I don't think I don't think they can match Googler. But some of the people were like, obviously, like people were going to talk about Spielberg. Um, George Lucas, uh,
1: no, the two people that I came to the closest comparison to myself, or you know, yeah. sorry, I cut you off. Were there, was there anyone else you were? Interested?
0: No, I was just I was just saying like people that people were throwing out there, but to me, none of them match what Kugler's done. But what, yeah, I don't know what. You, how, well,
1: no, I, I, after on. thinking about it myself, like I, I, I was trying to think, like I don't think there's anyone. I, at first I thought Quentin Tarantino because like all of his movies are of high quality um, especially like sure. the early stuff like even like something we didn't weren't like we personally like weren't as high on like hate the hate like it's still of a certain quality like so I knew like wait he has to have been there but um, yeah but Reservoir Dogs his first movie like made like like a two million dollar profit like it wasn't much even as good as that movie is so it's like if you're trying to factor in box office like i think he made fruitvale for under a million dollars and it grossed like 17 million dollars so that's pretty really good financially so if you want to say like you can't even put tarantino in that class because he didn't come out the gates with something that like was very successful financially then i really think it's and you could probably actually say the same for George Lucas because um, his first movie was this one I haven't seen called THX one one three eight, which is kind of like a is mm-hmm. kind of like a it was like a sci fi thing kind of, and it like is like eighty seven percent of Rotten Tomatoes, like very well received, but and was made for like not very much money, but only made like a a few million dollars also. Like it's not yeah. it's just like not comparable that like Cougar was able to do that without like, like he made some short films I guess that got a claim in film school. But other than that, like he didn't really do, like he didn't really have a whole lot of else to go off of. I mean, he, he Sure. like he got uh, he got an Academy Award winner, I guess, to be in his movie and Octavia Spencer and Michael. People kind of knew who Michael B. Jordan was at that point, and that was kind of it. So it's like just starting off from that point was like plus making money, which is thx. Yeah. One didn't it? I actually watched American Graffiti last night. I don't know if you've ever watched that okay. movie, which is like George Lucas's um, s- like second one after that. Uh-huh. And it's like about literally just like. I think it's like a version of Dazed and Confused that you might enjoy more. Uh, okay, it's like these kids. It's like driving around Modesto, California, one night in 1962. As a bunch, of, a few of them are about to go off to college, and they're just kind of like doing this typical early 60s, 50s thing, driving around in cars, trying to pick up girls, sure. going to the diner, that kind of thing. But it, it's actually really good, and it like made like 140, 50 million on like a, a six hundred thousand dollar budget. So, and like it got five Oscar nominations, like Best Picture, yeah. Best Screenplay, Best Director, Best whatever. Well, And like – but like Kugler like made similar financial success with Creed, unfortunately only the one Oscar nomination. Yeah, that's what
0: I was going to say. The the argument against Kugler I guess is the – is the acclaim with respect to awards but, but, but like,
1: like but the academy fucks shit up all the time so that's i mean be like, it, that the thing is the fact
0: that he wasn't up for director of creed is absurd to me still to this day
1: yeah or that um, or that like it didn't get like a cinematography nomination or, yeah or, or uh, michael b jordan or um, yeah or, or, or like, like
0: sure. the fact that the only fucking white dude in the movie is the only thing that gets nominated is kind of annoying yeah and I, but,
1: I, I thought that was like it was a totally deserved nomination but like it should have been other yeah. stuff too yeah. Um, so that's why I kind of. And, and Star Wars was his third film, and which sure, is like you can't like even if like it's we're not the biggest Star Wars fans like you can't deny that like that's a pretty massive achievement in everything sure. he did. And so so like I, I thought about that I'm like that's really close just because those two of his yeah. those two like still he didn't like make the same imprint that Kugler did with his first film. And then the only other director I could really come up with that like did such big stuff with his first three movies was Ben Affleck. Um, yeah, so, I, re-
0: I read fantasy brought that up, and that was actually really interesting. Because
1: like, Gone Baby Gone, for me personally, is like on the yeah. level of these Kugler films. Like, I love that movie. I, I wouldn't put the town in Argo as high for me, but like, they, they're back similar in like financial success, and that the town like grows yeah. like 130 million, like the same as Creed and Argo. Like, maybe made like 230 million, but like that's just about as impressive maybe as like. I don't know, say just as impressive, but it's like it doesn't have the backing of like the intellectual property of like a Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Like it's harder to get that hype there. And it won Best Picture. Um, I would just say, like, if like in Gone, Maybe Gone, like only had one Oscar nomination, but it it had similar financial, pretty similar box office numbers actually to. to what to uh fruitvale but like i think the one thing that if you wanted to say coogler best start to his career ever and you want to have, have a definitive point to end on the argument on it's like he's fucking ben affleck you know what i mean like it's yeah. going to be a big deal when an actor that's one of the bigger stars in the world like ever directs his first movie the fact that coo was yeah. just able to do this from the ground up when no one knew yeah. who he was i think it's, what, <laughs> it's, it's just a higher <laughs> that's, degree, the, other, that's the other thing it's right? a higher degree like, of difficulty you know what i mean yeah
0: yeah ben affleck had this built-in name yeah and coogler goes from making you know i actually watched his first movie which was like a short did you did you watch that
1: no and i actually have like have it up on a tab is it yeah it it's it's
0: actually it's actually yeah it's actually really interesting and like it's such a ryan coogler thing i don't know how else to explain it but once you it's like 5 minutes long you're watching and be like that's a ryan coogler thing that was um, embedded
1: in like a ringer thing right i got to find yeah
0: it. yeah yeah yeah. i wanted the ringer articles for like the primer for black panther um but like to go from doing fruitvale to uh, to doing Creed, it was such a crazy like jump, right? Because like, even then, Michael B. Jordan wasn't that famous, I don't think, because it was...
1: Friday Night Lights was other... a pretty big deal at that... Um, but sure, like, but so transitioning... Like...
0: In film though, like he had done like Red Tails in C- and Chronicle. Chronicle. That was it, yeah. So, to do it with him and then to get Creed and for Creed to be such... To end up being such a big movie for what it was, and then to j- parlay that into black panther and i'm sure i'm sure coogler has secret contracts to do like two or three or four or more <laughs> marvel movies like 100 mm-hmm. he's going to be back doing that um and for him to parlay all that and do all that and he's just now 31 is like
1: yeah what the fuck he's I like can- four years older than us what the hell we've we been doing with our lives man <laughs> fucking nothing man
0: <laughs> i guess but yeah, to
1: me it's it, I,
0: I can understand the conversation i can understand the arguments but for me it's kugler best start to a career first three films of all time which yeah. is cr- crazy to be living in that
1: yeah no it's it, it's insane like it's just that, like in not just that, like those movies got like uh bigger in scope with each one but that they're like each so different you know like one being like a small uh character yeah. thing about the unfortunate story of oscar Grant, or yeah. then like a sports movie and then like a cgi filled action movie like you know they're uh, yeah. All, all three so different, and that he brought so much like, and, and but that he also like, I feel like set like a new standard within that massive already pre existing universe in his third movie. You know what I mean? Like for it's sure, so different from like, in more well well done in ways in which all those other Marvel movies weren't. You know, and and it, you know, we're saying it, that even though we like most of the Marvel movies, you know, yeah, that's how, that's how impressive think, it yeah. is is that we we can so confidently say he did something like so much. Um, mold breaking than like any of these other movies and, that we and, all like for the most part
0: and, and the other thing is this is kugler's third movie he he's written all three the guy he wrote this movie has never written a movie before the only thing he's ever written was american crime story um and then like i, I already talked about it, but like the pressure that he had to do this for both you know the the, the black culture the kids disney marvel and to be the 18th like because the thing is this movie still has to make sense in, for the next 10 movies and for the previous 17 movies, and it's like – it's crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, the last thing is like uh, Chadwick Boseman, 41 years old, is also insane. Dude looks 25.
1: Yeah, I, I, for, I always, forget, I always I, I, forget that he's that old.
0: It's it's crazy. Um, But yeah, so that, that, that's sort of where I'm at right now
1: for yeah. – uh, well, I mean, we're already this like this is like our longest podcast ever, still, but like it's, it's it, it deserves it. It, it deserves it. <laughs> so I, I don't feel bad uh, just having the the quick conversation. Like, um, I know like your short answer would just be all of them if I were to ask you like what Oscars should this win? Uh, but and like we haven't seen like any other movies yet this year that are going to be nominated for Oscars aside from like me seeing Paddington Two, which will get a maybe get a best animated film Oscar, deservedly mm-hmm. so. So uh, hard to say so far, but, like, in a perfect world where, like, we don't see, f- like, f- five movies or six movies that are all better than this in all of the respective categories, which is unlikely, like – yeah. Where, where 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 do you most where would you most want to and where could you like realistically seeing this movie getting Oscar nominations because I think it's not like totally ridiculous to ask because uh, before last year like the only precedent for like superhero movies getting nominated for anything was Heath Ledger Batman. um yeah. non-CGI stuff uh was was yeah. Heath Ledger in uh, Dark Knight and but like I think it's like a huge deal actually that Logan got nominated for best adapted screenplay because mm-hmm. like that's like the kind of nomination where these movies just like hadn't been getting and sure this is this movie is gonna be like wogan was a pretty big deal because it was, it was unique in its own way for a superhero movie and uh i yeah. really it was one of my top 10 movies of last year not to spoil our awards end of year podcast <laughs> but so I, I was like very happy with it but like this movie is gonna blow that out of the water by like just about every measure you could um, any kind of measure you could like throw out there so yeah i think it's fair to like put everything on the table
0: yeah. Uh I think supporting actor for MBJ, mm-hmm. director, cinematography for Rachel Morrison. Writing uh,
1: for him um, and the other dude.
0: I don't think they're gonna get it for writing. Why not? They might. I just uh this it's is just a one weird this-
1: year though. Like look at look 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 Got nominated Maybe. for like adapted screenplay this year. You have like Molly's game and yeah uh disaster artist and sure. logan like it's it, it's like a random thing where like shit can happen you know and uh, for sure you know like I, I don't see how you can do it for like unless like there are just a ton of awesome adaptations yeah. of stuff this year yeah like, I, don't, I don't get how you can like give it to logan and not. no
0: I, I i hear you um and then the other thing i would say is probably the um the costume stuff because like oh for sure all the pan-africanism and the and and, and the way they did that and the way they built um Wakanda, but they still like kept the African traditions and values and and clothing and and, and modernized it too. I think that probably is going to not be looked down upon upon the whoever's voting for this stuff. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. CGI stuff was really good, but I'm not sure that.
1: Well, like that's that, not even that. yeah, but like I mean, they could just get that just because Marvel movies sometimes get that anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. I just wanted to like start the campaign, throw it out there. You know, yeah, uh, they should get like
0: five noms at least.
1: Yeah, like I, I well, the, the the big mold breaker more so than even MBJ because like we said that had been done once before, and Dear. fair to say like this might be the, this is. I don't think it's a controversial thing to say. Like he's giving the best villain performance for the best villain character since Heath Ledger's Joker. Antagonist, so. antagonist. Come on. Wh- uh, whatever. Respect, respect to MBJ's sure. wishes. Sure, sure. So <laughs> he's doing. It's it's the best one since then. So I don't even yeah. think that's as crazy as it would be if if Best Picture happened and that's going to be like the big discussion, um, yeah. and would be a big milestone for a superhero movie. So yeah. like I, that's the one I'm like. Almost like praying for, it, even almost as much as MBJ, because like I think it needs our thoughts and prayers even more than him, <laughs> because there's just not the president for it. Yeah. So yeah, like I'd say, I'd say picture, supporting actor, director, writing. I'd, I'd almost like as good, good, well made as the movie is. Like I almost hope more for writing than director, uh, just yeah. because like the writing is like what did made the movie for me. And like you said, uh, cinematography and cinematography like for sure because they are like Rachel Morrison just got nominated for Mudbound so it's like it's yeah. not even like they're having to like like first female know? ever yeah yeah so uh and it, it, and it was like very deserving like she does a really good and that's what's so cool about this is that like He used someone else on Creed because I think she was like having a baby when she did when he did Creed, but she did Fruitvale too. Did Fruitvale, which is its own kind of thing, and then like same way in which we're talking about Kugler doing three totally different things. She's having to shoot like a modern American city in uh, Fruitvale, and then in, in Mudbound she's doing 1870s Mississippi. You know, uh, and does it very well. And here she's doing the exact opposite of 1870s Mississippi in like the most modern, technologically advanced, colorful city ever. So, like, Props to her. So like, and it's something that they've already done. It's like it's almost maybe she'll just get in the club and then well they'll just like check off the box like she's Deacons or someone like that. So (laughs) uh, so yeah, I'd say like cinematography, supporting actor, picture, director, writing, uh, costumes. Costumes. Uh, So and and maybe it'll get like a sound or something because they throw that shit in there. So hopefully, hopefully this the soundtrack will get nominated too. Actually, well I I don't know how that works because like I feel like a lot of the times with songs that get nominated, like it's like a song that actually played in the movie. And- well they, yeah
0: but they played the they played the weekend song and they played the um so and the, uh, well, it'd be cool uh, if
1: we like a year from now we were talking about like Oscar nominee Kendrick Lamar. I just don't know yeah. if like the entirety of one of his songs played in the movie. I think, it will. I, it, not I think it will. I I think it will. Like I'm saying, I don't know all the rules for that. Yeah. It'd be really cool if like whatever you think personally think is like the best song ends up making Kendrick Lamar an Oscar nominee. So that'd be pretty cool. So like it could be like yeah. we could be talking this time exactly this time next year. Hopefully we uh, were we were like two weeks away from like this movie becoming like already. It's going to make a billion oh oh yeah that 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 too like we didn't even really talk about it but it like started it, it already broke like all the february records and all that so but i'm just saying this time next year we will be a couple weeks from the oscars hopefully we'll be talking about it being like a eight-time nominee and soon to be a winner and all that yeah so, um yep.
0: yeah so thank you guys for listening uh you can catch us on twitter josh what's your at
1: at josh jernavoy j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y uh mine is at a clambake
0: a-k-l-a-m-b-a-k-e um Like I said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Please hit us up if you want to talk about Black Panther. And we'll see you guys next time.